What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler is back, so he and I kick it old school as we recap Super Bowl 55 as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady were crowned champions. We'll also discuss the NFL awards, and I'll ask Tyler what he thought of the Rams trading for Matthew Stafford. All this and more on episode 181 of the Sports Kingdom Show, coming up right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 181 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Unfortunately, Jacob couldn't make it tonight, but joining me as always, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Tyler, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Uh, glad, glad to be back. Got the week off. Ready to rock. Yes, sir. You feeling good? Got a nice restful week yeah. off, and uh, we get to talk about the Super Bowl, Tyler. But before yep. we before we recap Tom Brady, who won his seventh ring, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being crowned Super Bowl champions, I got to let you know, this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So here we are two days later after the Super Bowl. It's uh, Tuesday, February 9th. And once again, Tom Brady is a Super Bowl champion. Unbelievable, Tyler. Unbelievable. Pretty pretty wild. I mean, pretty... Uh, obviously, the only person we've really seen do this kind of accomplishment in our lifespan you know i obviously i saw the back end of jordan you know the second three p but you know see a guy do 10 10 super bowls 
uh, seven wins. It's just unmatched, and it makes you wonder if it'll ever be matched. Yeah, so. I mean, the bar used to be like, you know, growing up, it was like Aikman and Montana, I think, like, went to five. You know what I mean? And won four. It was just like Tom Brady just completely obliterated the bar. No, you I know, mean, they, you get to. they showed it during the game, the graphic of Tom Brady with seven rings and the Patriots and Steelers as the two leading franchises in NFL history only have six. So, I mean. It's, it just seems very unlikely that someone can duplicate that winning in a team sport when it's like in the playoffs, it's one loss and you're gone. Yeah. You know, that's what's so amazing about this is that it's just like, Game in, game out, you know? Yeah. So, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He could have 10 rings. (laughs) I mean, he wants to play till he's 50. We'll see if he can do it. No, but Tom Brady, I mean, I talked to him. I think, you know, people thought he was done five years ago. So I did. uh, It's it's cool to see, man. It's it's been a fun ride watching this dude uh, from the very start. Um, and, And to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, the conversation has to be had that he's one of the greatest winners in all team sports history. Oh, without a doubt, team sports for history for sure. But Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of Jordan and Bill Russell, it's pretty tough to argue him as anyone being better. Yeah. So his team, though, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, they won their second Super Bowl in franchise history. And uh, like we were just talking about, Tom Brady, he wins his – seventh ring in uh, 10 Super Bowl appearances for the game Tom Brady was 21 of 29 he threw for 201 yards and had three touchdowns two of them were to Rob Gronkowski and Tyler I don't know if you had the chance to listen to last week's show even though you weren't here I said last week on the show that I thought Rob Gronkowski was going to play a big role in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense because of his familiarity with the moment and having been there and won with Brady before this is Rob Gronkowski's fourth ring with Tom Brady as a, as a teammate tandem. Uh, The other recipient uh, of Brady's uh, touchdowns was Antonio Brown and uh, Bucks quarterback coach. uh, Why can't I, uh, I'm blanking on his name. The quarterback's coach? Yeah. Not Baron Lefwich? No, he's the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Clyde Christensen. Clyde Christensen. I I forgot to write down his name, but I wrote down Bucks quarterback coach. Bucks quarterback coach, uh, Clyde Christensen, who was with Bruce Arians and Peyton Manning in Indianapolis for a long time. Uh, He told Pat McAfee on Pat McAfee's show that Antonio Brown actually ran the wrong route on that play where he scored a touchdown and Brady was just still able to find a window uh, to get AB the the ball in the end zone. So Tyler, what did you think of Brady's performance? And were you also surprised to see that Rob Gronkowski was featured so much in the, in the offense, like I predicted? Uh, No, I mean, I think that was definitely uh, it's, it wasn't something that was necessarily in the game plan, but Brady knows that Gronk understands the moment. He, you know, they've been there before. 
it's a Super Bowl, so it's a little different. Uh, you definitely favored him early on. And also, Brady, you know, you didn't really push it. You know, this team, you you know, they can go downfield, and, and they really didn't push it downfield. He was letting, letting guys uh, – he was taking what he was given, dinking and dunking, letting guys make plays. Um, but it's not a surprise with Gronk's productivity at all uh, just because, you know, especially early on in that first half, it was like he was looking for him. Yeah, I mean, he was looking for his guys, and that got him a lead. And then they're a little more loose. You, you can go to other guys. Um, it was, you know, it's it was that was a team win. I mean, the Bucks really showed up to play. Tom oh, Brady yeah. played good. Tom Brady played good, but it's he wasn't he didn't necessarily like jaw dropping like performance. He did what he needed to do, and, and the team just dominated. Yeah. And, I mean, Tom Brady, he was the Super Bowl MVP, but I think that was kind of like you, you have to give it to Brady, you know? Yeah, it, it's he deserves it because, you know, he did manage the game in the sense where he didn't push it, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't – early, he, he didn't do any of these things that can get you back behind. He moved the chains, dumps it off. They punted even a couple of times, but – he was just managing the game well and then ends up with, you know, three touchdown passes. So, uh, he, he was deserving, but, you know, I think a lot of guys on that team were deserving. I think a lot, oh, a lot I think Gronk could have easily been Super Bowl MVP. Gronk could have got it. I think um, Shaq Barrett. You know, the, D, the DBs. They, Devin they White. They it almost as a, as a unit. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, ultimately Tom Brady was the right choice, though. Yeah, and then the tabloid trio touchdown trifecta was completed with uh, Leonard Fournette or playoff Lenny, as he and his teammates like to like to call him. He was absolutely dominant in the run game, just bulldozing through guys all game, and and he got the touchdown uh, for the for the Buccaneers as well from the running perspective. They played their best game of the year in the Super Bowl, and you know throughout the year we've talked a lot. We talked a lot about the Bucks. Um, and every every week it was like this team is still figuring it out. Um, Leonard Fournette is, was a guy that I thought was going to come in and dominate right away, but he fell into his role. I mean, they leaned on him for sure in the playoffs, uh, and he can produce at the highest level in the big moments. That's that's the caliber running back he is. So, Bucks are are, are scary moving forward. Yeah, and Tyler, you mentioned uh, them a little bit already on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Shaquille Barrett and Ndamukong Sue both had sacks on Patrick Mahomes. And as a team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers chased Patrick Mahomes around for 497 yards when Mahomes dropped back to pass. And, I mean, I said it yeah. last week as well, uh, in addition to Gronk being an X factor for the Buccaneers, I said an X factor for the Chiefs was going to be their offensive line they were facing some injuries, losing their center Eric, uh, Eric Fisher or their left tackle Eric Fisher, and, and also their center. And man, I mean that offensive line was Swiss cheese, and they didn't give any like Mahomes any sort of protection. Yeah, I mean, really, the Buccaneers' defense is what won the game because we said all year, Kansas City is a walking thirty piece. You got to score thirty to beat Kansas City. And, and Kansas City put up nine, three field goals, no tutties. Uh, that was definitely the most impressive defense performance against Mahomes in his career. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. you know, first time he's never scored a touchdown in in a game in his NFL career, I believe. 
and it was also the first time we lost by double digits since 2016 at Texas Tech. Jeez. So um, there was this was a beating. This was a beating that's even worse than the, you know, uh, than the spread shows. Um, yeah, I mean they they played the perfect, they had the perfect scheme. They come out with something that they hadn't done before. Todd Bowles, I think they oh, hats off to Todd to Bowles. He's a defensive coordinator, and he's known for blitzing. They blitzed only five times throughout the entire game, so that's something that, you know, that was that was a, that was a game plan move, and they and they just didn't let Tyree get over the top. They weren't they played they played two guys high the entire game, and they didn't let you be get beat over the top. Uh, and and Kansas City didn't have an answer for it. Um, they. They struggled, and and like you said, the offense was Swiss cheese. The offensive line was Swiss cheese, uh, and and again, I got to give all the credit to the Tampa Bay defense. They they contained Mahomes well. They made him scramble. They made him move around in crazy and you know crazy directions. And a couple of times, like you said, Chad Bird and Sue actually got him down. So uh, man, that defense really just showed up and played. I don't. I don't know if it's as dominating. You know, I think they lose if, if they don't have that exact game plan. You know what I mean? They have the perfect game plan. Uh, if they get beat once or twice early in that game and the score's tighter, you just never know what would happen. I so, kept waiting for that to happen, but, man. It, it, I mean, they just doubled over the top. You know, they had man coverage underneath on Tyreek. If they got a safety over the top, there was nothing there. Um, I mean, and then that, and every time, every you know, and if you wait for a deep route, you know, Mahomes is waiting for a deep route. Uh, so, and then when it's not open, the play is developed already. So now you're in scramble mode, and that's just kind of what he was in the entire game. Yeah, and I mean, listen, gun to my head, before the game, if you were to have asked me, are the Chiefs going to score a touchdown in this game? Yes, I'm not going to pull the trigger. No, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm saying, yes, they're scoring a touchdown. Like, it's – it was so yeah. shocking that Kansas City was not able to to come up with anything. And, I mean, really Patrick, Patrick Mahomes was 26 of 49 for 270 yards. That's not a bad game in any, like, any stretch of the imagination. But he threw two very costly interceptions. But he also was dealing with the turf toe, which he's scheduled to have surgery on Wednesday. Uh, because that had been bothering him all postseason. But he hit Travis Kelsey for 10 receptions and 133 yards, but wasn't able to find him in the end zone. He hit Tyreek Hill for only one reception in five yards. And, I mean, the Bucks secondary, their defense, they, like you said, Tyler, they, they played an A-plus game, and that was the only way they were going to win was by keeping it low scoring on Kansas City's side. It was a plus game plan. I mean, they took away their strengths. Travis Kelsey ate because the middle was wide open. They weren't going to get beat deep. You can take yeah. it underneath the Kelsey, but we're not going to give you Tyreek over the top. And um, you know, and then they played well in the red zone, forced turnovers. You know, this Tampa Bay's defense really should be the story of the game. Unfortunately, Tom Brady won his seventh fucking Super Bowl ring, so that's probably <laughs> not going to be the case. But and the offense showed up, but uh, really the, the, you know, the game, the story of the game should be Todd Bowles and the game plan that he put together and the execution that the defensive players for Tampa Bay uh, had. Yeah. Now a couple of 
like great internet viral moments uh, happened throughout the game. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes' two throws where he had the one where he was getting tackled on the sideline and was able to still spin around and get the throw off. And then the one where he is completely airborne, almost parallel to the ground and is able to throw it into the end zone. And I believe it was Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill whose face mask it bounced off of. I can't remember exact. I can't remember exactly which player it was, but the ball bounces off the player's face mask and it ends up getting intercepted. Um, so there were those moments. Then we had uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. He got his revenge after Tyreek threw up the peace sign and then backflipped in his face when the Chiefs and Buccaneers played in the regular season. Winfield Jr. was able to throw up the peace sign in Tyreek Hill's face. Uh, after that and then obviously the big moment when uh, Brady went right up to Tyron Matthew Honey Badger uh, saying I'm gonna go at you all game and that's exactly what Tom Brady did uh, Tyler what were what were your th- some of your thoughts going going through your mind when uh, when some of those moments were happening that was that was like some all-time Super Bowl moments in my opinion that I think we're always gonna yeah. remember about this Super Bowl because it, it wasn't the greatest game in terms of football, just because of the score and the way it went. But there were still some moments that that left you entertained. Yeah, the Honey Badger stuff is awesome. I mean, it's dope seeing – I love both those guys, so it's dope seeing the two players fired up. You know what I mean? It's the Super Bowl. Brady's talking shit. Honey Badger's talking shit. They're both confident guys. And, and Tyron played a great game. He, I mean, his effort was there. The numbers aren't, but – if that's, there wasn't a holding, playing, he gets an interception. That's playing That's playing defensive back in the NFL. It's a tough job, um, and he's an all-pro, three-time all-pro. Uh, so I, I, that was that was cool to see. I know there's, um, there, that's just the heat of the battle kind of moment, so those are dope to see. Um, it is kind of it, it weird that he apologized. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised to hear that Brady like, apologized. I don't think that that's like – necessary and also you know like i think that if a lot of players would have went after honey badger like that that weren't tom brady we'd be talking about it you know we'd be talking about character issues or whatever it may be well if there's honey some, badger if tried to players, turn it into something with the tweet that he deleted once he realized that brady was so mic'd up yeah and it's just like i mean i'm just saying like if there's certain players go running you know if Des Bryant or Odell Beckham Jr. or somebody like that goes Cam and runs Newton. up. Cam Newton. Someone runs up on someone like that. Uh, if that's not Tom Brady, we're probably talking about it. Uh, but because Tom Brady, we're fired up about it. Uh, that's, you know, yeah. I think there is some truth to that. Um, and then uh, as far as the throws, man, listen, <laughs> the, throw, <laughs> the throw away, he is paralyzed. This just is, is like non-human. I mean, the, like making it look easy is not even the right way to describe it because what it's like you have to get go just try to do that yourself. Try to jump and then throw it. You know what I mean? And just see how hard it is for him to just do it with accuracy and power. I mean, that's one of the most impressive throws ever, and it was an incomplete. It's just Patrick Mahomes is a special guy. Uh, special arm talent, and I want to say, just be—I'm going to be on his defense for a second. 
it's like this kid is this kid is destined no this isn't him. the end of the like, goat if, conversation for if, him it, yeah if anybody's gonna push brady it's this kid you know uh so you know i think mahomes just ran into a better better team that day i mean i think the chiefs are a better football team week in week out than the tampa bay buccaneers but on that day you know, Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich came out with a better game plan, uh, and the and the and the Bucks beat a better team. Uh, so Mahomes, man, he's going to be all right. Those those throws were just um, unreal. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, and he did it twice. Uh, he's got a ton of heart too. I mean, watching him hold on to the ball, you know, is stressful running around. I mean, I, I'm a you know, Russ is my quarterback, so I'm used to it. Uh, but man, there's a lot of effort in all those plays. You know, he really wanted to win, and turf toe is no, no joke. I'm not gonna give him the complete like out, you know, for having turf toe. Like his performance is kind of negated because of turf toe. But I mean, Deion Sanders missed like eight weeks in the '90s for no. turf toe, and Deion Sanders is like one of the most athletic people ever. Yeah, uh, it's a ser- it's a serious injury. So I just, uh, you know, Mahomes had a bad game. Not a bad game, but, you know, not the performance that he wanted. But I think that, you know, no reason to, to, to hold, you know, not to hold his head up. He's the future of the sport. No, I mean, like, like I said, when I saw that Patrick Mahomes ran for 497 yards when he was trying to run away from yeah. Buccaneers <laughs> defenders while he yeah. is dealing with turf toe and That's playing it. in the Super Bowl, it's like, oh, my goodness. And making the yeah, throws but, but, and or, or uh, attempting the throws that he was attempting, it's it was unbelievable to watch. I mean, that to me was the most exciting part of the game. Yeah, and that's and that's one of those things where his gift is his curse. I mean, it's like you wish that he would just throw it away early and and live for another down. Well, didn't but Russell deal with that at, at the beginning of his career too? I mean, still to this day, that's that's why I feel like I need to say this. It's like. <laughs> But, but when you get someone that has greatness in them, that's that's when that shit comes out. You can't you can't hold them back. You know what I mean? You have to let them do that kind of stuff, even though sometimes it's not going to work out. But most of the time, if you let them go, you know um, they're going to make something happen, even though it's not necessarily a smart move. It's a smart move because it's Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? These guys are are special playmakers, so. Uh, it's stressful to watch. Uh, sometimes you just want to throw it away, but man, you can't. You can't try to bottle up greatness. Yeah. Now the most viral moment of the entire Super Bowl was obviously the streaker, and Kevin Harlan, who was doing the radio call for the Super Bowl who is notorious for these great calls whenever there is an interruption in any sort of sporting event that he is calling. I mean, he painted the most perfect picture of what was happening on the field. If you were listening to this game on the radio, I had to pull the audio. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play it for you guys right now. Cause it's, it's that good. 503 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute 
He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those <laughs> pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> and the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why? Is this taking place in a Super Bowl? Because we live in an age where clout chasing is acceptable. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It was a business move, and it was it was worth the money. I think it was worth the bail money. Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably only like five hundred to a thousand bucks to get out of jail for that. I think I don't think it was too expensive of a crime, but he's probably gotten banned from Raymond James Stadium for life. But, I mean, hey, he got his moment. He got his 15 seconds of fame, right? Well, yeah, and I think he was hired. So, it's like, <laughs> it's like he probably got paid. You know, he probably got paid pretty well for it. Oh, you think he was paid by that uh, Vitaly company or whatever that uh, was on the the leotard yeah. or unitard that he was wearing? Yep, for sure. No, that makes sense. They're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, dude, you're going to go to jail for a night. But we're going to pay you. Yeah, I mean, hey. Everyone's and got their price, right? And everybody's watching, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, every, everybody is watching the Super Bowl. If, if if anybody is watching anything on the first Sunday of February, it is the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. So they killed it. <laughs> I mean, I was just mad that CBS on TV went away from it. Like, I want to be able to see that on TV. I immediately went to the internet as soon as it happened to try and see if somebody in the stadium got the video of it. it. It's just that if you show it, then you're just kind of like justifying their actions. More people are going to do it because they know they're going to get on TV. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But if you don't show it, then it's like, well, fuck, they don't even show it on TV. Everybody's got to go, like, find it, you know? Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, no, I feel like that's the way they always kind of turn away quick, you know, just to get that off the screen and not encourage it. Yeah. Even though, like, everybody wants to see it, it's just you don't want to encourage the behavior. Yeah, that makes sense. Let alone, let alone reward it. Yeah, exactly. You definitely don't want to reward it. Um, but, Tyler, one question I wanted to ask you, because we didn't get to talk about it last week with you, how big of a deal do you think it was that the Buccaneers were the first team to have played the Super Bowl in their home stadium? It was a big deal. I mean, if I was the Chiefs, I'd be asking for their locker room just to get some sort of, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, give me something. Like, it, it's a huge advantage, um, especially for this team that's just been kind of, like, developing for the last 20 weeks. Um, this team has changed every single week for 20 weeks. So for them to be that much more comfortable and be in their home scenario and, and all that, it was a huge advantage. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, and what's, I mean, what's interesting was, is this wasn't a normal Super Bowl travel schedule. Like Kansas city flew in as if this was like a normal away game for this 2020 pandemic season where, they're flying in Friday and the game is Sunday. So it was like they were at home for yeah. basically a week and a half as well, except Tampa Bay just didn't have to travel. 
Yeah, and which, I mean, I think that that helps Kansas City not having to go do a full Super Bowl week. It just, it, it only helps them because of the weird dynamic that, you know, Tampa Bay's got a home game. So at least Kansas City got to stay home for the majority of it being no, more of a normal routine. But they did play a true away game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, you got to, it. I mean, I definitely think it it was an advantage for Tampa Bay. And I think that was honestly one of their motivations all year was to have that home Super Bowl game because of yeah. the advantage that that brings. And obviously with the experience that Tom Brady has, he knows all about what having a home Super Bowl would be like, because that that's never happened for him. That, that would be quite the luxury. Yeah. And there's no way you can prevent it. I mean, the team got to the Super Bowl, you have to pick a stadium. So yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a weird one, um, and of course Tom Brady got it. It's just it was a perfect it was just kind of the perfect storm for Tom Brady this year. Yeah, and I know we kind of talked about it at the beginning. Like, like does this solidify Brady as the goat at least in the NFL? Like, obviously we'll we'll talk about we we can leave. The, I mean, I the think he's other been athletes. Solidified. Say that one more time. Yeah, I think I think he's been. Uh, solidified you know I think yeah. that all that stuff like he's already been the goat for years you know it's, it's like he he was surpassing when he got to the point where he had like more win, more Super Bowl wins than anybody had starts and he you know he won the division title 14 out of 15 years or something great you know it's like he, he got all that three four years ago so in my mind he's been the goat for a while now yeah I mean, I guess one thing that detractors... And it's weird. He's not necessarily, like, physically the best quarterback ever. You know what I mean? He's right. just the best football player to ever do it. Like, when you're talking about a football player, he's the best. He's had the best career. He's got the most insane stories, attributes, it's numbers. The most complete resume. Uh, he's, got the, he's got the it factor, the clutch factor, um, the non-measurable stuff. Uh you know, and he's not the most, like, I think, you know, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers and, and Dan Marino were probably better quarterbacks. But Tom Brady got, you know, he had the best career as a football player. Right. Now, I mean, detractors would probably say that the last two Super Bowls, Brady won, his defenses didn't allow a single touchdown. Obviously, there's the cheating uh, in New England. So some people could say this is Tom Brady's first legitimate Super Bowl victory. Well, people, I mean, people tried to delegitimize his first three Super Bowls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, it was like, role. oh, he wins. They win at the last second. I mean, they won at the very last second, all three of those Super Bowls. So it's, it's and then you got, yeah, the cheating stuff is just such bullshit. I mean, <laughs> all that stuff is just, it's just because it's the Patriots and they got caught. Everybody's doing that. You know what I mean? It's not something that, um, I don't think it's on par with like what the Astros did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that someone's scuffing a ball or, or trying to deflate it a little bit. I mean, it's I think Spygate is pretty close to what the Houston Astros did. And then, well, and then my next comment was Spygate. I'm sure they were not the first and only NFL team trying to get film of other teams' practices. That, well, you know? and neither were the Astros. But that doesn't give you a game. Like, yeah, it gives you an advantage. Um, but it, I don't think it has the same advantage as, you know, knowing pitches, calling pitches. 
Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously all that stuff with the Patriots and Tom Brady, like, yeah, people are always going to bring that up because Tom Brady's won so much. They're going to want to tear him down. But the fact that he's done it ten times, it's like, okay, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four. <laughs> you know, but the, he still did it six other times. Like, I mean, it's it's not because he's a cheater. It's not because he's, you know, it's just he's that good. No, yeah, I mean, listen, I was just playing devil's advocate. I, I've i honestly accepted that he's no, the think, GOAT and all of that. I, I just, I do, I do truly believe that, like, the the Deflategate and the Spygate stuff um, is going on in the NFL. They got caught. Now, that doesn't necessarily make it right, but that is where I think, you know, yeah. they just happen to get caught. Yeah, and I mean, I listen, I don't think the Saints were the only ones with bounty gate type situations going on in their locker rooms with their defensive coaches and on and players i and think all every that. franchise i think every franchise is scraping clawing to get any advantage they possibly can yeah yeah listen you just you just hope there's ethics involved you know what i mean you hope I, that well, they do it all the way up to the point of cheating the the integrity of the game you know what i mean um perfect example is college sports and the fbi is now involved with that so yeah i've given up on college sports <laughs> i didn't even watch duke north carolina you didn't even watch duke north carolina that's a big deal tyler yeah i just couldn't bring myself to do it i'm just black i need to see <laughs> real change i need to see real change with the ncaa and, and men's basketball and football yeah well one more uh quick note uh unfortunately that we do have to note with the super bowl um brit reed andy reed's son and chiefs linebackers coach uh he was involved in a car accident a few days before the game where he had been drinking and uh reportedly under the influence of prescription adderall and there was a, a young child who is in critical condition currently due to the accident brit reed has he's been put on administrative leave uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs as of today. So Andy Reid and the Chiefs did have that going on as well in the days leading up to the Super Bowl. Reid was asked after the game about it, and uh, he said that football-wise it had no effect on the game and that the game plan had been implemented already before the accident. And uh, so it, it didn't really affect the game football-wise, but I, I can only imagine – what was going through Andy's mind after the accident, not only in the days leading up to the Super Bowl, but honestly, while the Super Bowl is going on, I know he was probably as locked in as you can, but everyone is human and you, you can only, you can only imagine what, what was going through his head, but hopefully everyone involved, uh, especially the young child can, can make a full recovery uh, from, from what happened. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's just unfortunate. You know, it's I don't think he may not necessarily be a bad person, but it's just a bad mistake, and and uh, and it was definitely you know probably on Andy Reid's mind, and uh, you know obviously hope for everybody gets a full recovery, and you know um, the guilt alone is gonna is gonna really weigh on Brent Reid. I you know I'm sure. So um, you know it's just. A, sucky situation um it's why you don't take risks but sometimes even if you're being careful bad things happen in life yeah 
So uh, to wrap a bow on Super Bowl 55, the Buccaneers are your Super Bowl champions. They won 31 to nine over the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady was your Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts on the game? Uh, it wasn't as exciting as everybody was expecting. There weren't as many fireworks. But I think at the end of the day, I think the best team won. Yep. I uh, in, our, in our like preview episode, I said, obviously, I got the Hawks. But, <laughs> but my, other t- my other team was, I was like, I really do think that the Hawks don't make it. Tampa Bay is going to win it. And uh, I really liked Tampa Bay all year. It was uh, such a fun team to watch. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad they got it done. It was uh, it was it was a great year to see such a enigma team progress, you know, for 20 straight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with Tampa Bay winning and and Tom doing it in, in his first year, it, all the conversation about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick being away from each other, that that was a lot of the talk this year uh around the world of of the NFL and it's just crazy that it to me like regardless of the fact of if you think this solidifies Brady's career without Belichick or it delegitimizes Belichick as a coach which me personally I don't believe it does I think they're both separately great in their own right and when put together look what they did for 20 years um but I mean it's just crazy that he really was able to do it in his first year without Belichick yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's just like LeBron headed to the West and, and getting the chip uh, in year two. Uh, it really is just – it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that he was hey, able to – the Lakers were in fourth place on Christmas Day before everybody got hurt that, that first year LeBron was was in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first year, whatever, eight out. But LeBron came and he did the damn thing. Um, and that's, you know, similar to what Tom Brady's on. Uh, I do, I do, I would be defensive with Belichick. I do believe he's great, and this doesn't. Yeah. I don't think that this takes away anything from Belichick. Um, they're two different football teams. I think anybody that knows football, if you looked at the roster that the New England Patriots were playing with and the and the Bucks were playing with, you'd think the Bucks were a better football team. That's just plain and simple. Would have, would Tom Brady have made the Patriots a playoff football team? Probably. But uh, I still don't, I just don't believe that that takes away from Belichick's ability. Um, he's going to have a good football team again, and and be careful, man. Belichick's coming for next. I, you know, <laughs> that, he, he's hey, gonna, all those he's guys that wanna, sat out on the COVID list, they're coming back next year. He's going to want to. He's going to want to send FUs around the league. Oh, um, big time, said, big time. Know. If anybody is, it's going to be Belichick. Yep. So uh, yeah, watch out. Yeah. So, all right, uh, real quickly before uh, we get out of here, a couple more things uh, I wanted to discuss with Tyler as the NFL season has now come to a close. We had the NFL honors, the NFL awards uh, given out the night before the Super Bowl. Uh, Obviously, I think the MVP was a foregone conclusion, I think, for most of the year. Uh, It obviously went to quarterback Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Tyler, your thoughts on that award? Easy money. <laughs> easy money. I like it. I like it. Easy, easy, easy choice. Yes. Uh, defensive player of the year, Los Angeles Rams own Aaron Donald, the greatest 
football player in any position doesn't matter in my opinion uh, i think aaron donald is the best football player in the nfl right now uh he this is very well deserved this is his third defensive player of the year yes i know pittsburgh steelers fans are probably going to come at me because they think tj watt uh should have been the defensive player of the year because he led more statistical categories but tj watt and aaron donald play different positions and if you look at the double double team percentages Aaron Donald is getting two, three, four guys getting thrown at him every single play. And TJ Watt, that's just not happening to you, bud. Aaron Donald is the defensive player of the year. There there was no doubt about it in my mind. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, I do think that TJ Watt was deserving. He's a good football player. And it, and they do play different you know, positions. It's tough going against those big offensive tackles and getting chipped by running backs and tight ends. You know, that's what that's what T.J. Watt dealt with that, that Aaron Donald didn't. But, I mean, Aaron Donald's the, – the attention that he demands is why he's the defensive player of the year. I mean, you have to put – I mean, you, you're 11 on 11, but you've got to put two or three guys on him every single play that's just, he's making everybody around him so much better. Everybody's job so much easier. Um, it's his impact, uh, on the game. He's, uh, he's one of the best to ever do it. I mean, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Um, so I think he definitely deserved it. I think TJ Watt was deserving, but not more deserving than Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, although I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say like the double team stuff, like TJ Watt's stats were incredible. He faces talent night in, night out. Everybody yeah. knows where he's at on the field. It's just different. You know but, what I mean? But he's the, stats different that Aaron, the stats that Aaron Donald was able to put up with what he faces, that's like, oh, wow. That's like, that's yeah, what no, jumps off both, the page. They're both, incre- they're both incredibly, they're both incredibly gifted, you know, defensive players, but Aaron Donald just, he uh, he comes with a little more. You got to pay a little more attention to him than TJ Watt. Yeah. Now the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I think this was, at least in my eyes, uh, a pretty easy choice. Uh, it's Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Uh, Tyler, I'm sorry you didn't get the City of Champions uh, with Herbert, LeBron, and and Mookie standing up uh, at SoFi. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I thought it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least he got rookie of the year yeah he i mean um unfortunately this is how it goes i i do believe that justin jefferson was the best offensive rookie this year um it's hard he, it's it's just hard it's hard it, it it was awesome that devonta smith jr won the heisman because it's really hard to give these receivers and running backs they're due because you're just going to always come back to the trigger, man. You're always going to come back to the quarterback because what's a receiver without the quarterback. But, you know, there's got to be some sort of leeway here. Herbert's getting, you know, he's just throwing the rock every play. He's going to have great numbers where, you know, Justin Jefferson stepped into a veteran position. He was the number one wide receiver this year. Yeah, he took over for Stephon Diggs. Seamlessly, without, without... Without any without any growing pains, he seamlessly stepped into a number one spot, which is not something that rookies do. Rookies are playing quarterback nowadays, throwing for three thousand yards and twenty five touchdowns. That's happening nowadays. 
um, you know, rookie rookie receiver. I mean, he threw up Moss. He beat Moss's records. Um, so I really do believe Justin Jefferson deserved it this year. And I thought that he was the he actually had a good enough year to finally give it to a receiver. Um, obviously, Herbert was very deserving and had rec- record-setting rookie numbers. But in my mind, with quarterbacks, it's every year we're going to have rookies breaking record because the game is developing into yeah. more of a passing. It's developed. It's it is developed fully into a, you know a high a high percentage of passing plays. Um, you still have to run the ball, but people people pass the ball more so than ever. Um, so the the numbers for him more so are to the time. Um, but yeah, I mean Herbert deserved it, but I really thought Justin Jefferson was going to get it, and I thought he had the better rookie campaign. Fourteen hundred receiving yards for the rook. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. And and we when we were talking prior, we Adam you Adam Thielen's on that team. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's um, he's got a solid quarterback, but not the best quarterback, not an elite quarterback. So. Uh, and Minnesota was a good football team. The Chargers, quite frankly, you know, they just weren't that competitive this year. Although I thought they had a better team um, than their record showed. But yeah, man, I think the I think Herbert he got he stole one. Yeah, no, I mean he when when we were talking before the show and and you said you didn't think it was as foregone a conclusion as as I thought it was, and I was like, wait, hold on, save it. And then you brought up Justin Jefferson now a couple of minutes ago when we were when we're talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, Justin Jefferson did have a crazy rookie year. But I think just with Justin Herbert setting the records uh, for rookie passing yards and touchdowns and with the way that he took over for Tyrod and and being called upon 15 minutes before the game, I think I think all of that had a factor in into Herbert winning. Uh, and it's always, and it always good. And it's always going to be easier to go that route because oh, quarterbacks especially giving it to a quarterback. Yeah. They've got the most, that's why they always win MVP. Um, you know, it's, it's because they have so much responsibility that whoever's the best of that position is probably the best football player. Yeah. So, all right. Offensive player of the year was none other than the Russian King, King Henry, Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm good with this. I I mean, you probably could have given it to a couple of different people this year, but Derrick Henry was just a beast once again uh, in the run game for the Titans. I mean, this is it, weird. This is weird to me. You know, I, I've always had a problem with this with this award. I mean, right. Like, what's the difference between Offensive Player of the Year, Most Valuable Player? Like, there's. It's, just because MVP, just because like MVP, you know, you have a Defensive Player of the Year. And then MVP is basically an offensive position or yeah. an offensive award. And it's just like, why would the, why would the MVP not be the offensive player of the year? Yeah. Derrick Henry deserves it. It's dope. It's like they can, if they use it as like a, to give it to other positions, that's cool, whatever. Um, but I mean, this is, it's just like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, Derrick Henry. Yeah, he, I guess he was one of the best offensive players, but I, I got to say Rodgers was a better offensive player than him. Yeah, I was going to say, how is it not Rodgers this year? So, um, yeah, Derrick Henry, though, I, I, it's dope that he was in the MVP category, um, but like we just said with Justin Jefferson, it's just always going to be tough for running backs and quarter ed receivers to jump quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, you're going to need to break Eric Dickerson's rushing record if you're going to want to be MVP if you're a running back in the NFL right now. 
And I still don't think that would do it. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson got the closest, so. Yeah, he was like, what, like eight yards away? Yeah, it was a, it was very, very small margin. Um, but yeah, there was there was like a play that they like fucked up. They should have gave it to him. Yeah. Uh, I just realized I skipped over defensive rookie of the year. Uh, that was defensive and for the Washington football team, Chase Young. Obviously, he is the cornerstone centerpiece of that franchise uh, now, especially now that Dwayne Haskins is gone. Um, but Chase Young, number two overall pick, had a great year in his his rookie campaign. I think he's going to thrive under Ron Rivera, man. Yeah, he's a stud. He, he's um, he's going to be a going to be a perennial Pro Bowler. You know, oh. Ed guy. We're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna hear about him for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, comeback player. Of I the would year. like to say that I I, I do I do want to add though I thought. Um, Antonio Winfield Jr. had a great season. Yeah. Uh, he was the safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a yep. rookie. Uh, obviously, Antonio Winfield, the uh, longtime defensive back for the Minnesota Vikings son. Um, he had a great year, too. But, uh, yeah, Chase Young is just a monster. Yeah. Uh, comeback player of the year. That was an easy choice, obviously. It was uh, Chase Young's teammate, quarterback Alex Smith of the Washington football team. Uh, we all know the story of – uh, him breaking his leg and the the amount of rehab and, and time that it took for, for Alex to come back and listen man he he got him to the playoffs he got the Washington team Washington football team to the playoffs this year I know they were under 500 but he did it he had a great year I think he, he capped it off well like we talked about when this happened it's like he scares me running out there on that field now, but I was super happy for him to get that moment. And I feel like he climbed the ladder. You know, he did, he did the impossible, um, probably the greatest comeback in sports history, if I'm mine, you know, as far as coming back from an injury, I don't know if anyone's overcome a greater injury than that. Yeah. I mean, in like specifically injury. Yes. Uh, I mean, I would, I would probably put tiger winning the masters a couple of years ago up there as well. And Tiger's whole yeah, but that's story. a comeback from poor. That's a, you know, yeah, exactly. Poor play, basically. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he had like he had it, but as far as like coming back from a horrific injury, uh, that's got to be him and he's Alex gotta, Smith he, and Sean Livingston. Yeah, he's got to have come back from the craziest industry. Yeah, yeah, those guys right there. Those, yeah. those are those are probably the worst inju- inju- injuries ever that didn't end the career. Yeah. Uh, all right, last two that I know you're definitely excited to talk about. Uh, coach of the year went to first-year head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Yes. Uh, this <laughs> one, I think, with Rodgers was, like, just the most uh, – Easiest call. Obvious choice. Alex uh, Smith, Kevin Stefanski, and Aaron Rodgers. Easiest calls on here. Easy, easy calls. Stefanski did it. Um, they had the year they were supposed to have last year, this year. Um, and they're here and they're, he did enough in his first year to finally get, you know, I, I could confidently say they're going to keep him. Um, and Baker's going to get a, a coach for consecutive years for the first time in four years. Um, and the Browns are, are, are here to stay now. Um, I'm, I'm super happy for the Browns. Um, I mean, and Kevin Savansky for sure. <laughs> Easy pick. Yeah. Um, all right. Walter Payton, man of the year. 
Uh, it's not normally an award we talk about, but Russell Wilson did win it this year. Obviously, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler's favorite team. Uh, Walter yep. Payton, man of the year. It's uh, it's a one of the most prestigious awards I think an NFL player can receive because it's uh, it's all about giving back to the community and and what a player does uh, to help give back to to the community in which they play in, where they came from, all of that. Uh, and obviously, Russell Wish, Russell Wilson. I almost said Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Wilson is one of the most philanthropic athletes I think out there. Uh, so this is, I think, very well deserved uh, on Wilson's part. Yeah, he's a go when it comes to that stuff, man. Um, since he was a rookie, he's been he visits the Children's Hospital every every week. Um, if you don't know, Seattle is is you know big time in the medical industry. Uh, we have a we have a massive uh, Seattle Children's Hospital, state of the art. Uh, people come from all over the country to go to that that hospital and. Russell's there every single week. Like I said, he's the goat when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, he's been a, he's been a uh, he's had to have been a nominee every single year he's been in the league. Uh, super well deserving, and and I'm stoked to see him uh, have the same you know have this thick jersey patch set up. Yeah, uh, w- with the man of the year patch, the five year captain's patch. Um, he, he deserves it. He's the ultimate franchise guy. You're going to need to get one of those jerseys. Yeah, I don't know if they make them. You know, I never saw, you know, Eli and Drew Brees were the two guys I think that I always see that had the five-year captain patch and the man. They basically had the maximum amount of patches you can get. Right. Um, But I don't ever see that kind of stuff, really. Um, Which is, I mean, it would be dope to get your hands on something like that. We're going to have to get you a game-worn one somehow. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be dope. But, uh, yeah, man, Russell deserves it. He's a good dude. He he really does um, does a lot of work for that for that community. Yeah. So, all right, uh, that, uh, that wraps a bow on the 2020, technically 2021 NFL season. Um, they got through it all, Tyler. They did it. I, I can't believe they did it. They threw out teams with no quarterbacks. No, they threw out teams with no coaches, uh, but they got it done. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, looking ahead, because uh, you haven't had the chance to talk about it yet. I know I'm excited about this, but what are your thoughts on Jared Goff getting traded to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford? Um, and of course you're going to be excited, you know, uh, you just, you just trade it up. You got a great deal. Um, I, I, I'm down with trading first round picks because, uh, you know, from my perspective as a Seahawks fan, you know, my coaches, my GMs and, and the scouting departments, we crushed the middle rounds. And I think Belichick has also done that. I think green Bay has also done that Baltimore, those are and those are the best franchises in the NFL, or some of the most stable franchises in the NFL. I think draft well um, and get their guys in the middle rounds. First round is 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 not necessarily. I think that the picks are a little overvalued. So for the Rams to trade, you know, to trade Goff and some first round picks, uh, they just got steal, man. I mean, this team is is a threat now, uh, immediately Super Bowl threat. Stafford's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Been wasted in Detroit. I think he's got the same kind of arm talent that Mahomes has. 
he's not necessarily the same pocket magician, you know, because Mahomes is kind of like Stafford's arm with Russell Wilson's, like, escapability. You know what I mean? He's like a freaking – it's like you made him in a – it's like you made him in a machine. But uh, Stafford, man, he's a special arm talent. It has been wasted in Detroit. Um, He's going to get a great opportunity with Sean McVay. They're going to light it up. Um, That's what I'm most excited for. That three wide receiver system. Uh, Andy has a good defense. So, uh, yeah, the Rams, I mean, I think knocked it out the park. Um, Detroit, they, I think that Detroit did well. Um, I know that they didn't win, win necessarily, but they loaded up on draft picks. They got a starting quarterback for now. Um, and uh, they're, they needed to move on from Stafford. So for them to get quarterback to, to get a quarterback and picks, I think that was a win because I think that they were looking at either one or the other from other people. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I so think it's like obviously Jared Goff's not the best quarterback they could have got, but to get he's a capable quarterback. He's a stop guy. And, and and you got picks on top of it, so um, I think uh, I'm down with it. Yeah, and listen, I think from the Rams' perspective, it's you. Oh wow! I just You're the greatest that. show on turf again. I mean, that's where that's where it could go. Well, okay, okay. So sorry, it's I just I regained my train of thought. The from the Rams' perspective, Deshaun Watson was probably going to be too expensive. So Matt Stafford is obvi- obviously the next best quarterback on the market, and you're able to get rid of Goff at the same time. And then on Detroit's end, Brad Holmes, the GM, the new GM in Detroit, he comes from the Rams' organization. He was part of the draft process of getting Jared Goff to L.A., so he's familiar with Goff. Dan Campbell is the new head coach. He's getting some picks that he can get some of his guys in there, and it's just a whole reset for for the Detroit franchise. Which is what they needed. Um, Stafford needed a new opportunity, and Detroit needed a new opportunity. It didn't work. I mean, he's, he was an elite arm talent, and they couldn't make it happen, so they got to try something different. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, hey, golf's, golf's been to a Super Bowl. So, um, nah, he didn't score a touchdown you know, in that Super Bowl, Tyler. It's not the word. It's hey, Mahomes didn't score a, a touchdown in this Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's not a, it's not a, a nine day thing. He's going to bring, he's going to bring Jerry Goff isn't passing Mahomes, though, Tyler. No, no, but, but I'm saying it's like, you know, as, as much as I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Goff's an elite guy. But he is going to bring – like, that's why I think it was a win for Detroit because he's going to bring some positive things along with the draft picks. He's going to bring experience. And it sounds weird to say it, but he's a vet now. I mean, yeah. what's he, he's going to be entering, what, his fifth year in the league? Yeah. Fourth, fifth year in the league. So, um, every, you know, probably 40 out of 53 guys on our roster are going to be in their first three years. You know what I mean? I think most of the Detroit players are going to be in their, on their rookie contracts. So – He's going to be able to walk in there. He's got he's got experience, playoff experience, playoff runs, uh, playoff wins, Super Bowl appearance. So um, he's going to uh, you know help help out that locker room. Yeah. So I mean we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to next season, and I'm hoping that the Rams can be the second team to host a home Super Bowl game in their home stadium, because uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six is here in L.A. at SoFi Stadium, Tyler. Yep, it's going to be sick, man. It's uh, they're they're definitely going to be a problem. He's with McVeigh and Stafford. That's that's a good mix. Yeah, 
So all right, uh you got a you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Oh man. Shout out IT and Joe and Joe Johnson. I said Joe. Yes. Playing in playing in a FIBA cup. I saw uh, with that. a bunch of kind of journeyman kind of guys, younger journeyman type guys I haven't quite cracked the league, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool opportunity for IT and Joe I saw Joe to play some competitive ball and maybe get back on an NBA roster. Yeah, definitely going to be a nice little uh, way for them to to showcase what they got to see if they can get back into the league. Um, I just wanted to real quickly end the show by saying rest in peace to ESPN baseball reporter Pedro Gomez. It was announced during the Super Bowl that Gomez died unexpectedly at the age of 58. He was, uh, in my opinion, and I believe this goes for a lot of people, but he was by far one of the best baseball reporters in the entire world, and uh, he will be greatly missed. It was it was kind of shocking to get that notification in the middle of of the Super Bowl saying that that he had passed away. Um, I mean, Pedro Gomez has been a fixture on my television for my entire life, so uh, he he was one of the guys I trusted most when it when it came to baseball. So uh, yeah, he's. He's going to be very, very greatly missed. Uh, a lot of the tributes to him that I've seen. A lot of great, a lot of great, a lot of great uh, personalities gone gone down late. Yeah, man, it's been unbelievable. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So uh, I just I I wanted to to end the show on that note. Uh, uh, I know it's a somber one, but um, Pedro's he, honestly he was someone I looked up to in in the sports journalism world. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just, I had to, had to touch on that real quick. So, uh, rest in peace to Pedro Gomez. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the sports kingdom show. Be sure to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show. So you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Oh, wait, real quick. Uh, special announcement. We, uh, we got a second episode coming out this week. Uh, we are interviewing a very special guest Thursday night uh, to talk about the Lakers. So uh, stay tuned for that. So, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show coming out Thursday this week. Peace.